Praise the Lord. You put your hands together one more time. I'm going to um, get your Bibles. Uh, if you turn to 1 King 19, 4 through 9 real fast. I'm going to bypass all the honoring, but I want to honor Bishop. Thank you, Bishop, for this opportunity. Thank you for the man that you are. <laughs> I love you. My family loves you. I thank God every day that I have a man of God who will tell me the truth. We don't have a hireling. We, we have a shepherd. Thank you, Bishop. You may be seated. Uh, for time's sake, you, you might hear a lot of summarizing inside this, but... Uh, this was a thought that God had gave me. Uh, I think when, when Sister Taryn was actually up here, she mentioned this story. She went over and kind of summarized it, but God kind of gave me just a little, uh, uh, a different way of thinking at it also, but uh, it was what sparked my spirit when you were talking. Uh, God started to illuminate that before I even knew I was going to be up here. Uh, so uh, for time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and read out of the New King James Version. Uh, I'm going to read... Uh, First uh, Kings nineteen four through nine, real fast, and then uh, we'll get going. Uh, it says, "But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, talking about Elijah, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die, and said, "It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's." Then, as he laid and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him, and said to him, "Arise and eat." Verse six says, "Then he looked." And there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And verse 7 says, and the, and the angel of the Lord came back a second time. I want you to remember that. He came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in his strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Harab. The mountain of God. And verse 9 says, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So in this, in this passage here, we, we know that all the stuff that proceeded before that, and I'm kind of summarize what it was. Elijah was a man where God did great things for. He was there, and when he prayed and when he asked God, God would respond and God would do it. Before this had even happened, God had provided substance with the raven that fed him. There was, a, there was a bird that came out of the air that took the food that he needed when the time of hunger, and he provided for him because he went and he stood in the place that God had told him to stay. After that, he was there in front of all the prophets of Baal, and he was claiming who the one true God was. And when he was there, and they set up the wood, and they soaked it with water, and when they put the bull on there and put it in pieces and they put a moat around the sacrifice and they filled it with water when he was there before the false prophets when he was there before King Ahab and he's there and he called fire from heaven God responded the way that he wanted him to respond and all of a sudden fire came from heaven and consumed that sacrifice in front of everybody then he took the sword and killed all the false prophets all the things that God had told him to do and, and said that he would do it, God had done. And God had done it in a very spectacular way. So that not only Elijah would know it, that the people around him would know it also. 
So there are places that God had told him to, to go and things that God has told him to do. And all these things have been great things to see with the eye. There were great experiences and great miracles that had happened. And all of a sudden, all these things had happened. And he's there and he says, hey, King Ahab, there's rain that's going to come down. You need to go ahead and go back where you're going. And he's there and he put his air chunklas on and he took off running. And it says that he beat him back to where Jezebel was at. On foot. Ran faster than him to get there. What a miracle in itself. But when he gets there, it's not what he expects. All of a sudden, Jezebel has a messenger go back and tell him, hey, by tomorrow, she's going to kill you like you killed the prophets. And that's where we pick up here. Elijah, the prophet, the one that God all did all these things for, all the now was running to the wilderness. It says he took himself and ran to the wilderness, and he was there under a tree. And he's asking God to kill him. God didn't call him to go there. God, that wasn't part of the plan. There was fear that came inside his spirit and it took him to a place where God never told him to inhabit. God never said go over there and hide and rest because Jezebel will kill you in the physical. What happened was he's seen all the great miracles that God had done and he shows up and there's nothing there. And he says, hey, why is there resistance? I did everything you told me to do. And all of a sudden he flees for his life and he's out in the wilderness. So it says that the angel of the Lord went over and said, hey, it's time to get up. I need you to eat. I need you to drink. So all of a sudden, God provides him a meal. God provides him something to drink, the substance that he needs. And what does he do? He goes back to sleep. He doesn't move. So the angel of the Lord here, and it talks about this one here, it talks about the angel of the Lord being there. And, was, and went and physically touched him. It's like when Jacob was there and he wrestled with the angel. It was a theophany. It wasn't just someone else going over and touching him. It was God himself that had manifested himself in the form of an angel was touching Elijah and said, hey, it's time for you to get up. There's a journey I need you to go on and I'll provide everything that you need. Even though I've done it in the past, I'll do it now. You're not at a place where I need you to be at. I need you to go on a journey because there's people I need to anoint there's judgment that has to fall and there's Elisha I need you to throw your cloak on and your mantle because he will take the baton and take it where I need you to go I need you to wake up and eat what I've given you because there's a journey that is too great for you to sit down and lay your head down and rest in a place I've never called you So we see here that he was at a place where he probably felt like he failed God. He was at a place, and it's not always fear that would take you out of the will of God. Sometimes it's hurt. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's things that will get to you that the devil knows how to penetrate and knows how to affect you and get you sidetracked. So we see here that Elijah was there. God gives him the substance. And it says that he travels for 40 days and 40 nights. But you're there and you think about it. And when I was doing the research on this, the, the Mount Herb is only seven to eight days away. But it says that he was gone for 40 days and 40 nights on the journey. 
So somehow, some way, he wasn't going directly where he was either supposed to go or there was a delay somewhere where he was wandering where God said, I need you to go. But in his mind, he was still there saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know, God. I'll take my time. I don't know, God. Maybe I need you to speak to me a little bit more. Because there was a wandering just like the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness and they wandered around for a time. But then God answered and he let him go go into the promised land in the next generation. But there was wandering and pondering that was going on. He didn't just go directly over there. So it says here in Hebrews 13 and 5, it says, let your conduct be without uh, covetousness, be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't send someone else to get courage. Elijah, he did it himself. The word leave there means that he never gives up on you. He's never going to uh, uh, let you sink when you should sink. The word forsake means that he's never going to abandon you. He's never going to desert you. He's never going to leave you behind to survive for yourself. We find ourselves sometimes in places we shouldn't be. But it is the word of God that there it was in the physical where he came down in the theophany and shook him. But now it is in the word of God. It is in the man of God. It is in the team that is here and the spoken word that goes forth that should be shaking you. That should be waking you up saying, hey, why are you there? Why are you in a place I didn't call you? And God is saying, there's a journey I have you to fulfill, but I need you to get up. I need you to eat this word. I need it to give you strength because I need you to go to the next place. And we see that he's there, and when he's done traveling, he's there hiding in a cave. And it says that God had came by and told him to come out of that cave. And he's there, and he speaks to him and says, why are you here? He asked him a question, why are you here? Because he knew he wasn't supposed to be there. And it says the presence of the Lord had came in a wind and it shook the rocks and the rocks had fell. And it says, but he wasn't in the, in, in the wind. It says that the earthquake had came, but he wasn't in the earthquake either. And it said that fire had came, but it says that he wasn't in the fire also, that he was in a still, small voice. Because what happened, he was so used to of hearing God in such an extravagant way when he was there and he seen Jezebel and there was nothing spoken or no huge miracle. All of a sudden he feared, but he didn't know that it was in God still small voice. It's not every time that we're going to be up here and someone's healed automatically and you see a limb grow back. There's not always going to be something huge in your life that will give you direction. Sometimes it's you being in your prayer closet and listening to the word of God and the man of God or woman of God that is up here. Sometimes it's on a prayer night Monday that God will speak to you, but you have to be in the place that God has called you to be and know that sometimes that that calling is a still small voice the title of the message a real sermon that I have today is simply the God uh, God of another chance he is the God of another chance though we mess up Though we find ourselves in places that we shouldn't be, God never gives up. He's still going to nudge us. He's still going to tell us to get up. And if we don't go to the right place the first time, and we're there, we find ourselves in a cave trying to hide because there was security in that cave. 
physical security in that cave, but it wasn't in the spirit. God said, no, you might be somewhere safe in the physical, but in the spiritual, there's a danger that's here if you stay where I never called you. There's a danger in inhabiting a place that I never meant for you to come to. I don't care how much you failed. I don't care how much you've done wrong. I'm here today, and I want to shake you one more time because there's people I need to anoint. Failure doesn't mean defeat. Failure doesn't mean your ministry's over. Failure is another reset and start that God has called you to. He's calling you out of that cave. He's calling you out of that place of sleep and saying, wake up. I need you to go where I'm calling you. I don't care what it looks like in the physical. I don't care if you found me one, two, three more times. I'm here to give you one more chance to get up and go where I've called you. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, everybody has sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. There is not a man or woman standing in this place who has never failed God before. But I'll tell you, if they're doing anything for God in the ministry, or doing for God or anything in this house of God, you know they've repented. You know they've asked God for forgiveness. And you know that they have got it right with God. And God said, now I can send you where I need you to be. Now you're coming out of that cave of hiding because there's ministry that you have. You know, we think about everything that has happened in our lives and you chalk up all the failures. But sometimes you got to flip it around, and you got to go there and start checking off all the wins that you've had in your life. The time that the enemy said, I got you. This is the last time you'll ever show up to that church, and then next Wednesday comes along, and you drag your old stinking self into the house of God, and God says, I'll refill you with the Holy Ghost. I'll put the mantle back on you and throw it on you because you came into my house. And you didn't inhabit in the wilderness no much longer. There was something that Elijah had to finish. And we look in 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 15 to 21. And some of these names I'm going to skip because I'm not that educated to pronounce them. It says, Then the Lord said unto him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king of Syria. Also you should now Jehu, the son of, I don't know who that is, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat and Abel, whatever that last name is. And you shall anoint the prophet in your place. It shall be that whatever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu Elisha will kill yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel even though he thought nothing had happened God had preserved 7,000 God was there and his word was being preached and it says that his word won't come back and return to him void so even though Elijah didn't think nothing happened there were 7,000 people that God still kept the word works the word would never come back void to you but it says as they departed, and I'm, I'm closing here. It says that Elijah passed by by him, Elisha, and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen at random. And it says in verse 21, uh, verse uh, 20, it says, And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again. And then at the end of verse 21, it says, Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. I'm telling you. 
I don't care if you feel like a failure today or you feel like you're hiding in the cave. God is giving you one more chance. There's one more chance that you have today before you leave this place to say, God, I don't want to inhabit this cave. I don't want to inhabit the wilderness, God. You're giving me one more chance, God. Take me to the place where I'm supposed to go.